Welcome to Tire Tracks, a banging technology podcast driving the logistics industry. And now your host, Patrick Escolas. Hey, everybody. It's Patrick Escolas here with a different version of Banyan's podcast, Tire Tracks. Much like the decision to have me talk to you all and talk to some of the great people I've gotten to talk to, somebody above me has said, hey, we've almost been at this for a year. Let's do a looking back and kind of a compilation. I thought, great. That's a few meetings I get out of in my regular day. So here we are. Yeah. So voluntold to do this about a year back. And through that, it's been a great opportunity, not just for the ability to talk without people being able to shut me up for any of the very relevant reasons, but really understanding who and what industry that I'm selling into or trying to support is really dealing with, both from a personality aspect, and from a kind of a pulse check as a whole. When it all started, it was literally my CEO said, Hey, I got this fun idea. If you don't know my CEO, that means either a spreadsheet report or a big month long project. All depends on what you got going on for you. But it ended up being this podcast that was about, felt like a week before our first conference ever. And we figured that all three people in marketing didn't have enough to do. We decided to put this together. Behind the screens, we have David here who will never get enough credit for doing a lot of work and putting his OCD to really good work and making it so we have a really fun product, I think, that we put out there. Also, as I say this, and it's been said, special thanks to my coworker, Jeremy, who if you watch any of my podcasts without sound, it will look like I'm trying to cast spells because apparently I use my hands a lot. So thank you for that, Jeremy. But kind of back to business or at least back to the, the talking points they have. What we want to go through is kind of review what it is, who we've talked to, what are those things that they said were going to happen or we should look at from an industry perspective and kind of give a review. Like I said, a year in review, talk about some of the great people we talked to, whether that was Ann Ranke, Mark Baxa, Dawn from Green Screens most recently. That's Connect 22 to Connect 23. That's a year right there from key speaker to key speaker. And then other fun ones like notably Aaron Peck from Mothership. But really, it's also nice because instead of me, and by me, I mean my marketing team, I'm just talent. You know, I look pretty. They go out and would find people for me to talk to. But in the past, you know, three, six months, people have been coming to us and they want to talk to us and they want to get on the podcast. So that's been a really fun change. We don't know how to say no to anybody quite yet. So we will continue to do that, whether or not the recording goes anywhere. That's not up to me. So I, again, don't get to make any of those decisions. I'm just here to talk and hopefully either entertain or educate people. But right now, one of the first things we're looking at as we start this is we always ask people, what's coming in the next few years? And like I said, coming off the decision to make the Tire Tracks podcast and have our inaugural Connect 22 Banyan Users Conference in tropical downtown Cleveland, we had Ann Ranke, TIA, who's the president of the CIO. And she had a lot to say. So it's interesting too. So five years, we already have 27,000 brokers. I tend to think that they were going to get more, but I also see the impact of private equity hedge funds who are interested in consolidation. They're interested in purchasing because they see a growing line of business that there is never going to not be a need for. So why wouldn't they try? And they already have. You see it all the time, right? And so some of our members, God bless them, they're trying to scale up and ultimately try to be an appealing purchase 
for those private equity. So I see while it continuous expansion, there is that level of, all right, there is going to be some consolidation there too. We also talked to Doug Potvin, who became a good friend of mine. I did not know Doug before Connect 22 last year. I would go drinking with Doug anywhere now as it's been a year and we had the podcast with Trinity. And not just because of what he and his team said on the podcast, not just from meeting them in person, but Trinity and how they talked about the system, how they talked about Banyan, how they talked about the industry was very reassuring for me as someone who's starting down this venture to see, you know, put Banyan a little bit in the spotlight with the logistics industry. And Trinity and Banyan seemed to walk step in step. And he had a lot to say about the industry as a whole and where he thinks it'll go too. I think the industry in five years will be much more technology advanced than us for brokers. I think you're going to see interactions directly through technology, but you'll never replace the people. Relationships. Hear still a lot, hearing that a lot today. Yeah, relationships. And that's good to know because I'm a person. So <laughs> yeah, no, and I don't. I anticipate that ever going away because you want to provide that great service. Let's face it, me and the other eight thousand brokers, we all do the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. We utilize the same carriers, LTL especially. Right. You're using FedEx, UPS, I mean, you're using the same carrier. What do you differentiate yourself with? Service. It's who you trust and, and who, who gets it done you for have. you. And do you help them out in a tight situation, not looking at dollars? But I think five years from now, I think there'll be some more consolidation within the brokerage space. Mm-hmm. I think there'll probably be more agents within the brokerage okay, space. Okay, I got you. I think that'll be also the case so that smaller brokers will say, hey, because there are also people looking to get out or do something differently. Right. So either, like I said, a consolidation or become agents. Because again, it's the back end stuff that all of a sudden takes insurance. Yes. Collections. It's the tertiary aspects of it. Yeah. yeah. So I imagine that's going to happen within the uh, industry as a self. I think you'll see the number of brokers shrink, but actually the volume going through brokers are going to increase dramatically because as a customer, you don't want to hire 15, 20 people to run your transportation department when you can outsource it to a company like Trinity. Right. Outsource the LTL to, to Kurt and his team there. There and you go. handled well. And you can focus on your business. Right. And realize the transportation is taken care you don't of. So have to wear, you don't have to wear so many hats. Correct. So I yeah. see that as well. Another one of our great partners now is ProShip. At one point, I think, it, again, I go back to the last conference. This was just coming out and hushes and maybes because... ProShip is a big player in the parcel world and Banyan to some people still has a small B. We know that's all not true here. So it was very awesome to start to work with them and we're working with them today. But when I talked to Bill, it was really nice to pick his brain on parcel perspective because Banyan is such a, used to be an LTL centric focus for the past 20 years. It's all we did. So, you know, don't hold it against us if we needed to bring in experts and prominent players like Bill Schroeder from ProShip to tell us about what we should be looking at in Parcel and how we should be looking at regional versus the big three and what's going to change in that industry in comparison to how LTL or full truckload might change. What happened is the big companies can't add capacity as fast as the smaller companies, right? So a a large number of regional players and this kind of, you know, it's a a great topic to get into the big three. And then, you know, there's a whole basket of regional carriers, right? Some regional carriers play nationally, but they are looking for very specific parcels. They don't want to move everything. They just want kind of the stuff that the big three don't necessarily want. 
So we saw a real big increase in investment and in the creation of new startups in the parcel regional space. Now that has to be normalized. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of them are going back after some of the big three are going back after that business and those right. parcels. And that's kind of where we're sitting now. There's some regionals. It was our expectation that those regionals would probably hit critical mass. And several of them have. On track and LaserShip are outstanding. They've got good business plan, great execution. They manage their costs. They know how to do what they're doing. Some of the other startups were just learning how to do that. And then the volume tempered. And Floor got, rug got pulled out from yeah, under them. Yeah. Exactly. UPS and FedEx went, we want those parcels back. And they went and got after it. Speaking of partnerships, and one of my very favorite episodes that we did was Freight Partners Group with Tom Burke out in beautiful Henderson, Nevada last year. Uh, nope, technically 23. It doesn't seem real to me because it was snowy at home, and that's Cleveland, Ohio. Like I said, always tropical, always perfect surf weather. But went out there, talked to Tom about really the importance of one-stop shopping and technology. And being able to bring all of those things together in one place for the logistics world as we've gotten used to it and we see it in all the other aspects of our day-to-day life, whether it's getting Ubered around or making sure that your goods or groceries go from point A to point D without you knowing about the little details, but knowing that if you click a button or the right link, you know what's going on. I really think that one of the biggest changes is going to be one-stop shopping, Mm -hmm. where people can come in for all the modes to include small package parcel and pallet rates and local pickup and delivery, you know, the Uber model, that whole model. That's how I got here today. (laughs) Yeah, right. has, Has really taught people that they can have information right now. Right. And that is the new expectation. So I think that you know, one-stop shopping, as well as giving people as much information as you possibly can to let them know exactly where their shipment is and what kind of time frame it's going to take to get there mm-hmm. and providing some of that information ahead of time. So we talked about, we asked just about everybody where technology is, where they think it's going. Like we said, some of those are very true. Some of those still might have not come to fruition and some things may have changed. One thing that we talked about that I believe has become more of a subject and a key item of prominence is fraud. We talked to quite a few different people from CEOs to lobbyists and regulation and oversight groups. But Kerry Jablonski, the CEO of Trucker Tools, was very invested in the idea of fraud and Trucker Tools was in a position to prevent that. Here's what she had to say when we talked to her earlier. Why is truckload more susceptible to fraud? Why is it such a question there versus parcel or LTL? Or maybe it's in those, but the conversation is always generally on the truckload side when it comes up. My take on that is the barriers to entry in truckload are significantly lower. So it's easier for bad actors to get in. And it is such a large market and it's such a fragmented market like we just talked about. Like when you think about LTL, for example, there's what, 20, 30 carriers of real size in the right. LTL space. So there's point. just going to be a lot more, you know, you're not going to be working with a new carrier every single day. Whereas in FTL brokerage, very normal to be working with dozens of new carriers every single day, adding hundreds to your network every single week. And therein lies, you know, just a much larger chance that one of those new actors is actually bad. That's my take on it. No, and that sounds right to me. And plus, you know, there's probably when you're doing those deals, you've got that one lump sum cost of the money yep. to be made versus the one shipment, which is always where my thought was. But I, I a lot of point to just 
you know, you're going to be working with a lot more carriers within the truckload space. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. No. And something we talk about all the time is the real way to prevent fraud is by having great relationships with your carriers. And yep. when you're working with, again, thousands of carriers, it is going to be that much more difficult to develop really strong, trusting relationships with all of them. So I think that plays in as well. Technology is a ever-changing aspect of the logistics world. Whether that means that you're in a newer, nicer LTL truck that's picking up your stuff, or you executed the load through cutting-edge Banyan technology or any of the partnership that it uses. But what we've found is, though, even though technology seems to be on the cutting edge of logistics, logistics hasn't always been on the cutting edge of technology. And that catching up and making it work in a way that makes sense is not something that everybody has the same ideas on. But one thing is for certain is that if you can get a good system in place, that 80 to 90% of your logistics work should be automated. So you can really focus on that 10 to 20% that will never, ever, as much as you want, as much as you pray, as much as you swear at your team and your carriers and your whole process, will never be easy because it needs to be moved today, it needs to be moved yesterday, or it's just too complicated to trust in an email. We talked to Mark Baxter, the president and CEO of the CSCMP, and he really talked about a multi tentacle approach to shipping technology, that it wasn't just going to be one piece. It was going to be something, a bunch of different options, a bunch of different answers across the board, and that AI was probably going to be a part of that. Technology changed the landscape. I mean, I know it's a broad topic, but even in the past year or two here, what have you seen? What has the council seen? And what do they think they'll continue to see? Well, many of the technology providers in supply chain and more specifically in logistics are members of CSCMP. So they're quick to share Mm -hmm. the evolving nature of their business. And on the outside of that, though, what we are seeing is a kind of a multi-tentacle approach to advancing innovation from a digital and robotic aspect of supply chain. So artificial intelligence, generative AI, machine learning, and understanding how to make better use of the internal data companies have, Mm -hmm. right, using some of these technologies, particularly AI, so we can look at a a better way to either predict demand, look at supplier working relationships, understand where our risks are. All of these things and many more are coming Mm -hmm. into play. And this is accelerating really, really fast. The options are just like exploding now. Probably has nothing to do with COVID. It's just the timing and availability and access of these technologies. Okay. There were things that occurred through COVID, like nobody took a back seat that I'm aware of based on the data that we pulled together for in a recent research study we did. Nobody backed up really to speak of on a planning on the planning and innovation side. Mm-hmm. They just made it slow down their spend. But the interest and the investments continued. People are continuing to look for ways to optimize their standardized business practices using digital technologies. Mark had some good points. And speaking of AI and bringing this kind of full circle here to Connect 23, we had Don from Green Screens, their CEO, talk about how truckload brokerage is never going to be the same, at least for those that are smart enough to get on board with the offerings and the automated intelligence and the artificial intelligence or machine learning, or robot learning. We're just going to let Don talk to you about it because it's all a bit over my head and I'm just here to look good. 
obviously this is going to have a big impact. What do you see as a short-term impact of this on the marketplace? And three, five years from now, what does that look like? Yeah, I think, you know, in our space, in pricing specifically, I think, as I said, this is becoming a a have versus a have not. I think that you're going to see a lot of companies that have embraced this more dynamic, predictive pricing are going to start outperforming those who don't have it. Those that are still relying on a post and pray mentality or relying on history. And this is what happened two weeks ago, but that's not necessarily relevant, especially again, in a very fast moving market. So I think it is very quickly going to become a have versus a have not um, in the area of pricing. In other areas of the supply chain, I think, you know, we're probably still five to 10 years away from mainstream wide adoption of AI technology in general, again, outside of warehouse automation. Is that just because there's gaps in the tech or not the best applications? I think it's an openness and again, a change in mindset. I think when we Mm -hmm. first came to market uh, in 2020, one of the biggest challenges or two big challenges we had was A, people being unwilling to share their data and understanding that the aggregated data has more power for everybody. Those silos have been breaking down. And I think it's, again, that change management of something new and something maybe that they don't understand. So, you know, when we're selling our products into the market, I would say more than half of our sale is about education, right? And educating the market on what this is and why it's different and why it's more It's new. So it makes sense that education is a big piece of that. Where are we now is what we come to. Well, like I said, I'm in a fake studio that's really a boardroom with an iPhone on a tripod. Where are you now is the better question. Are you better off in your logistics space than you were 12 months ago? Are you still trying to figure out what you're going to be doing with your business, whether that means you need to find new avenues and new processes, or if you need to go to your VP and say, hey, man, these numbers just aren't attainable and we need to figure this out. We talked to a lot of startups, we talk to a good amount of companies that are coming with a new process or new product. But one of my favorite conversations was with Mothership's CEO, Aaron Peck. And it's not just because he was hiding a very, very beautiful secret under his hat. What during COVID changed things or maybe put an exclamation mark on things? How did it affect you guys and Mothership? Did it make you guys ramp up or did it hurt you in certain ways? Well, like a little bit of both. So I see COVID as like a, it was a big operational distraction for every business, right? And I think what you saw is a lot of people in the full truckload space and in LTL, like, you know, rates just went insane. (laughs) Supply wasn't there. And all these folks are, you know, they're making money hand over fist. And like, you know, I think they thought like the good times were just going to keep rolling, right? And so they were willing to lean into it, kind of spend all the money they had, right? Like this is going to go forever. But like, you know, if there's one thing I know is like the best of times are always met then with the worst of times. Oh, yeah. Right. So and it just seemed like everyone was ignoring that fact. You know, so I think, you know, we had some tailwinds there, but we tried not to get too wrapped up in it right? Like we tried to just stay focused on what we were trying to do on our execution, on not growing the company too fast. And, and going back to your North Star that you talked about, sustainable and making sure. So that probably helped you guide yourself through those times too. That's right. So I know I've been very serious up to this point, And in all of my podcast broadcasting, is it broadcasting? Or is it podcasting? These are important questions. No, we've talked about industry, we've talked about COVID, we've talked about parcel, truckload, LTL, 
local carrier, first, final, mile, any of those terms, but somehow, some way, we managed to have fun. I don't know how they told me specifically not to have any fun, not to laugh, make no jokes. Definitely don't sound like I'm having a good time, but I'm very bad at following directions. Because of that, we've got some great moments like Jennifer Carpus Romaine telling us about how she's a professional lady. In terms of overall marketing for the industry, I mean, I think that, like you said, logistics seems to be kind of a last stop, but the tire industry was similar. So, you know, I think that this, like the industrial spaces, you know, (laughs) are a little slower, but they'll get there in time. You know, Mm -hmm. we just got to be ready for it. But I do maybe give it a push. Yeah. I do think the more that people embrace it and really think through, how do I do this? Where are you getting leads from? Or if we're talking about like recruitment, like where are people? So who are you trying to recruit? If it's a younger person, and like, are you on TikTok? Right. Like, yeah. are you? How many, they how many are? TikTok dances have you done for TMSA? I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that is Trey's job. <laughs> I'm a professional lady. <laughs> I have done none either, but I cannot claim to be a professional lady. Yeah, but I, I like I like your I like your reasoning though. Again, I alluded to Aaron Peck and the glorious mane that he was hiding under his hat. I don't know why he was suffocating it as a man who suffers from none of the issues of having an overheated head. I was very jealous and was awestruck. And I really thought there was gonna be bald under that hat. I thought that's exactly what it was, but it's not it's not what happened. Now I wanna get this out of the way. What's hiding under the hat there? Are you hiding a head like mine? Oh, no. Oh, it's beautiful. Damn you. Damn you and your luscious hat. I was here with the hat in solidarity with you, and then you did that. Oh, as you can tell, I'm drawing it out. Yeah, I know you can't tell. I'm I'm, I'm trying to negate the shine for my lighting team here, which, you know, has a hard time. Otherwise, we blind, a few holes get burned. You know, it's kind of like a magnifying glass at times. From the get-go, I don't know whose fault it is. I don't know if it's David, who I guess I'm technically calling my producer, or if it's Ann Ranke's fault, but I have gotten called and bullied many names. Call me Summertime Santa. And quite honestly, I love it. And I like the idea. I want to be on a beach somewhere throwing beers from a sack at somebody. I hope that's what the job requires. But here's Ann Ranke giving me what... I don't know if you can call it famous for all 14 people watching, but there's about three people that refer to me as it, so it's stuck. So thank you, Anne. I'm very happy to have Anne Ranke here as my first guest, and she had some awesome things to say just for our attendees here a few minutes ago. And Anne, first off, again, thank you for being here. Thank you, Patrick. I appreciate the invitation. This is summertime Santa Claus, in case you were wondering, and he's giving the gift of knowledge. That's I'm getting it for sure. Whether or not I can translate it, that's going to be left up for debate. I talked about Doug earlier at Trinity. I don't really have any words for this other than at Connect 23, Doug came up to me at the tail end of the conference. I think I had done six or seven episodes throughout the two and a half, three days, and I just wanted to go home. But Doug said, I want to do a fun podcast. We will not talk about logistics. We will just have a good time. And that's when you got to see the chief fun officer, Doug, and Party Pat. You know what I also talked to about the guys at the front desk? What's that? We got talking about Monday Night Football. I feel like you guys at the front desk had a good time. We had a good time. We were talking about the Jets and the Bills. 
What a loaded game that was. On 9-11, Aaron Rodgers just got paid a bunch. You're going to go play. The Jets fans are so excited. And what, three plays in? Three plays in. Three plays. And then they still find a way to win because apparently Josh Allen forgot how to run and decided to throw in a double coverage instead of take the six yards out of him. Well, you know what I saw in that game and what I heard immediately when Josh Allen threw the interception? Yeah. I saw the memes come out, and it simply said, Josh Allen has completed more passes to a Jets receiver than Aaron Rodgers this year already. <laughs> Can you believe it? I mean, stat. it was an absolute beautiful situation there, right? I got to stop you on one thing. It's memes. 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 I, you know, I am not very good with my pronunciation whatsoever. Memes, men, tomatoes, tomato, potatoes, potatoes. What I difference does it make, I right? You. I won't give you an old tomato, here's, an old, but, a whole tomato, here, or but, an old tomato. here's the beautiful thing. You knew exactly what I was talking about. I sure did. And, you know, a GIF is a GIF is a GIF, depending on if it's a G or a J. It, it, you it's know? all how you want to look at it. I'm, it's I'm all for how it. you want to look at it. I you like know? it, yeah. Thanks, everybody. I really appreciate anyone that's taken this journey with us, whether it's you've been here since episode one, if you're behind the camera staring at me wondering what other terrible, horrible, fun thing is going to come out of my mouth, or if this is just the first time that you've accidentally scrolled and clicked and the sound came on and linked in and you're wondering what's going on. Thank you for being a participant, whether passive or active, in this Banyan Tire Tracks podcast that I've been blessed enough to, as I've always said voluntold just so if it goes poorly i don't take any real responsibility but also so i can just blame it on someone else thank you everybody for listening been a guest watched been a part of the production or just helped me in my growth to where i am today both as a person a salesman and a professional thank you everybody i hope the next year will be just as fun and maybe half as educational Thanks, guys. We'll see you next episode. Thank you for listening to Tire Tracks. Watch for new episodes dropping monthly and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast apps. For more information about Banyan Technology, visit banyantechnology.com.